1: It's JD Haffron, and today we have got ourselves a nice little treat as we cross things over because the Cardinals and the Padres are set to begin a three-game series tonight in San Diego. So we've got the host of Locked On Padres, Javi Reyes, joining us today. Javi, hello there, sir. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing pretty great, man. It's it's
0: been a past <laughs> pretty good couple weeks, you know. Every everything's going pretty well. Uh both non-sports and sports-wise. Um you know, football's been very, very wild. It's fun to have that back. And then you've got the chaoticness known as Major League Baseball playoffs and the wild card race and everything. And, you know, I know we, it's such a cliche to say like these, this is an important series. You know, the, it'll be like May and people are like, big series tonight. And
1: yeah. <laughs> it's big
0: in terms of like maybe individual players and like maybe it's it's fun, right? You're excited and you're like, OK, cool to Grom versus blank tonight. But in terms of like all encompassing series that like matter for the course of the sport, you, you know, and who makes the playoffs. It's very hard for me to look at people seriously when they're like, it's Yankees race tonight. Big series, and it's like June. It's like no, it's not. Like relax, <laughs> like yeah. it's okay. Things are gonna happen. It gets crazier. But now, I mean, with the, these two teams playing each other, and I believe that the Cardinals bested the Padres the last time. I think it was, I think it was a sweep. Actually, uh it's gonna be really important because the Padres have the Brewers on their heels. My my enemy. Milwaukee Brewers my arch nemesis of baseball this year so
1: yeah yeah um yeah the uh what what the series means to both of our teams obviously with uh you know two weeks remaining in the season is on your side the Padres are are still fighting to stay alive in that wild card spot so uh Mm -hmm. it's it's massive that you guys are winning as many games as possible where on the Cardinals side of things we're just happy to be playing somebody that is a playoff worthy contention <laughs> because we've been spending a lot of time against teams like the Reds it, and <laughs> the Pirates and the Cubs and the Nationals. And and there's part of me that thinks that the, the Cardinals are actually bored playing these teams because mm-hmm. they're not playing all that well against them recently. Like we just had a, a series against the, uh, the reds this past weekend and they had to play five games in four days. Okay. Which is not fun. Cause you got to do the double header thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody's exhausted before you even get to Sunday, but you still got to play the games. And when you're playing a team like the reds, which they're not playing for anything anymore, they're just playing not to lose a hundred games. Uh, there's something about it that I feel like has made the Cardinals team become a little Stagnant moving forward, whereas the Padres, you guys, you guys got a lot going on where you need to win each and every game moving forward so that you can stay in the playoff hunt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Padres, they're they're in this weird spot where they are. I mean, man, the way that the vibe for this team vacillates from nightmare fire aj Parler immediately after the season ends <laughs> to oh my gosh, slam Diego is back. Uh, it's just every night, man. Like, it's every night. And it started, you know, this past series against the Diamondbacks that the Padres had. They lost the first one because they got blanked by, again, I don't know what it is with the Padres' weakness, is first-time starters that play for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've gotten no hit by one, and they didn't score any runs against the other two. I don't know what it is. If you're you're making your Major League debut (laughs) and you pitch for the Diamondbacks, you kill the Padres. but And then they bounce back. Right. They put up a 6-1 win. They put up a 2-0 win. Josh Hader finally does something. He's also been really a And yeah, again, Brewer is my arch nemesis this year for a variety <laughs> of
1: reasons.
0: And then you have, you know, the 12-6 victory or whatever it was. It's It's just a very hard team to predict. They're very weird. They have all this talent and stardom, and then sometimes they get blanked by bad pitching. Yeah. Or sometimes they go out and you're like, oh my God, you Darvish is just, he's you Darvish. He's doing great things. And Joe Musgrove is up and down, but he's great now. And Blake Snell, him and his weird, goofy interviews that he does. He's also sometimes. So it's its just one of those those teams that like, it's hard to capture them with certain stats. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of hard to understand what is going on over here because there's so many great players, but then a lot of like, what the what? Like, how is Trent Grisham still starting for this team? He's batting under 200. Like, what? how is this yeah. happening? But, I mean, <laughs> it's their best players trying to lift them up and carry them to the fish line, and hopefully they can do that at the end of this year.
1: Now, one of those great players that you guys were able to acquire, you mentioned Hader. Uh, the trade deadline was a big deal for both of our teams oh, because yeah. you guys got the the big names with with Hater, mm-hmm. and you got Brandon Drury and the, that Juan Soto guy. Like, who would be interested in yeah. that guy? The Cardinals apparently were very much interested in trying to acquire Juan Soto. (laughs) Maybe it was smoke and mirrors. We don't know because it's definitely not something that the Cardinals management would normally do is to trade a ton of prospects to go get one Mm -hmm. guy. And a lot of people, including myself, felt that even getting Juan Soto on this team, on this Cardinals team, didn't necessarily fix what the problem was that was going on with them, which was starting pitching. And when... They didn't get Soto like we were all excited because nobody knew. Nobody knew if they were going to get him or not. And it was weird that we were still talking about it on Mm -hmm. August 2nd. And then the bomb drops that the Padres got him instead. Part of me felt a little bit of relief because now they could focus on what we thought was going to be the problem, which was starting pitchy. They go out and they get Quintana and they get Montgomery from the Yankees. who has been really, really good. But I want to hear what it was like on your side of it because we got shot down for Juan Soto. You did not. You guys landed him, and then you were able to make some extra moves as well. What was it like that day, roller coaster wise, for you guys during the process of getting Juan Soto in a Padres uniform? This, this is this
0: right. Uh, I'm going to try and phrase all of my thoughts as much as I can. <laughs> the first thing is obviously the, the shock, right? I'm not going to lie. I was working that day, maybe a little bit less than I usually do, just allegedly, <laughs> just a little bit, maybe checking my phone a little bit uh, throughout the day. And it was it was funny because then, you know, I'm living at home and my mom's in the other room on this phone call. And I have to contain like the the, the craziness that I'm just seeing these Jeff pass on the notifications. And, you know, leading up to that point, my thing was you hear about the Cardinals, you hear about the Dodgers. My stance before the trade deadline was very much like I didn't think the Padres needed to trade for Juan Soto. I thought that there were some other ways to patch up the team and that keeping all of their assets, keeping those farm pieces might you know prove worthy down the road. And for everybody who wants to yell at me for saying that, well, you guys wanted to trade them for Brian Reynolds back in the offseason and then you didn't know Juan Soto would be available. Things just kind of happen. And I think people yeah. forget sometimes that like Who knows? Uh, Shane Bieber all of a sudden could be available this summer, right? It's just Mm. things happen, right? So it's nice to just have that in your back pocket. That being said, I was still thrilled about the trade. Uh, It was still awesome. I mean, this is is the guy. I mean, he's a generational talent, right? People have said that a lot. And then, you know, just from from afar, I did kind of respect things that the Cardinals did, I have to say. Just say about the team, like, my big beef with the Brewers is that they don't try. And they're just kind of, you know, stumbling into wins. They have these guys that hit home runs not for average, barely even getting on base, to be honest with you. And then they've got good pitching. And then they're like, okay, our big acquisition that we're gonna convince our fans will save the day is Andrew McCutcheon. No disrespect whatsoever. He's a good player. He's very fun. I love his alter ego that he does and whatnot. But it's just very why is this team not in on some of the some of these other players? Um, especially since they haven't been there in a long time. And with the Cardinals, yeah. look, if I'm a Cardinals fan, I looked, I would have looked at the deadline as look, it's the best offensive team like out there pretty much. Right. Like you, you almost don't even need, dare I say, an elite starting pitcher. And instead they go out there and say, you know what? We like our offense. Goldschmidt is probably going to win the MVP. You've got Arenado, who the Padres fans hate for some reason. I don't really get why, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, and then you have, you know, you have just the spirit the spirit power of Yadi Bolita, Puerto Rican power, right? And then you've got um, Albert Pujols and they decide, you know what? Forget the Castillo thing. That's a little bit too pricey. Let's just go get two guys that we kind of like because we think our defense can also just maybe cover up um, some Mm -hmm. issues. And Montgomery and quintan I haven't checked Quintana in a while, but like, I love those moves. Um, And I think it's weird that Padres fans, especially who, who, who may respond to me, that I think it's weird that we literally just saw last year, that the team that won the World Series was the one that took a bunch of pot shots at guys at the deadline. They just said, this guy, pretty good player. He's definitely underperformed. Let's give up nothing for him. You know what I mean? Like, it literally just happens last year. You saw that Mm -hmm. with Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler and Jack Peterson and the guy who used to play on the Marlins, Adam Duvall. There we go. Adam Duvall. Like, Mm -hmm. they just said, let's get all these low-cost guys. That's why I love what the Cardinals did. Um, I think when you're a team that doesn't have stars, it is abhorrent for you not to do anything, right? That's why I don't like the Brewers, because I think their stars are on the pitching side of things, and they decide not to do anything with their offense. When you're the Cardinals, it's like, well, we do have the stars, so instead, let's address what we need, which is starting pitching, where our 46-year-old is trying to carry our rotation. And it's working! (laughs) It's working, but... You know, I, I don't know what it was like from your perspective, but for me, I know some people thought they lost the deadline. Yes, maybe the rumor about they just couldn't include Carlson. Yeah, that makes it seem a little silly, but at the same mm. time, it's not not like they did nothing. I love the moves, and yeah. they've worked for them, and I think they have a shot. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I think it was just that you we hearing the name Juan Soto, and he yeah. might be a Cardinal, and when it doesn't happen. All of us were let down in some way, shape, or form because you just—it's kind of you know the—it's like the balloon, the air coming out of the balloon. You're just like, oh no. Okay, well, what are we going to do now? Because now today's the day we got to make some deals if we're going to make this team better. And the names like Quintana and Montgomery, they're not sexy mm-hmm. names. And people, yep. most people didn't even know who Montgomery was. And they probably wouldn't have known who Quintana was if he hadn't been in the division. And the Cardinals had shown some interest in him before, but they needed pitching. They needed left handed pitching and uh, some relievers. And that's what they went out and got. Uh, a couple of other moves that were made uh, that Chris Stratton, who came over in the Quintana deal, has been. Very useful coming out of the bullpen as a right-hander. He can just chew up some innings. And then Jojo Romero from the Phillies, which was a very under-the-radar move that they made. They traded uh, uh, basically our backup shortstop. They ship him over to Philadelphia, a good defensive player, but can't hit a lick. And they get another left-hander who's 25 who can throw upper 90s. And they bring him in, and he's been pretty darn good too for them. So um, talking with with Sully, and he's, he's mentioned that I, he thought the Cardinals won the trade deadline in the end because mm-hmm. Soto hasn't exactly, exactly lived up to expectations that people thought he was going to do when he got in San Diego. Has there been some frustration uh, among the fans with his lack of production, if you will? Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, and I think that th- there's a, a lot of this is where it gets really interesting um, and where the, the other layers of it on top of what I just said about. I don't think people paid attention to how baseball is one and you don't just need superstars. And no. it's like, well, yeah, I know. I'm not prospect hugging. My thing is, it's not like the Padres don't have stars like they do. If they did not have Manny Machado on this team and they did not have some other players, then I would understand if they're like, well, what are we doing here? But they yeah. do. But then there's the other problem which is obviously (sighs) Fernando Tatis Jr., his whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. And with that injury, there is like a – I still think that it's perfectly possible that A.J. probably pulls the trigger, but you have to wonder if they knew Tatis was not going to be here for the rest of the season. Maybe do they hold off on the Josh Bell and Brandon Drury side of things because then they say, all right, since those guys are only rentals anyway, maybe we just want to be competitive this year and go for it but not like go after those guys possible right and then there's that small percentage chance of like maybe there's some weird numbers out there that they know that we don't know that Tatis in front of Soto would make the OPS go by 50 or whatever it is right and they figured Mm -hmm. you know when you have that Tatis Soto Machado thing that is really what they were thinking so clearly that that's that has to at least be partially part of this you know what I mean like at least taken into consideration that they didn't know that they weren't going to have their star shortstop That all being said, Soto has been – he looks really uncomfortable at the plate. Um, He's still got an incredible eye. Uh, That has not changed whatsoever. His on-base is still over like 380. Like he's still amazing in that respect. But his slugging percentage has been down at like 100 points uh, for the most part. His batting average is low. He just hit a home run the other day. Hopefully he can keep – get things going. But it's going to be hard for the guy since he hasn't had a lot of luck with – you know, batting average on balls and play, and he just hasn't been making the best contact against a really well-run Cardinals team with good defense that I don't know if this is the, the get-right series for him. It would be awesome. I would very much appreciate him to look like a superstar again, but <laughs> it, it has been disappointing uh, for sure, and Padres fans are getting frustrated, and I, I understand it. I really do, because it's, it's, it's become a long line of jokes where it's like, right when you join the Padres, you just fall apart. You know what I mean? It's, it's just you can't be good here. It's just impossible. Blake Snell's first year ERA over five. Darvish yeah. just implodes in the second half, right? Like, all, there's so many players that have just gone downhill from Adam Frazier to Mike Clevenger to Josh Hader for a bit, right? Like, yeah. so there's been a lot of doom and gloom that it's it's always just seems to be a miss. Even Josh Bell and Brandon Jury have been pretty inconsistent and not very uh, effective players in the lineup. So it's. It's, it's just, again, do you see this? It's a it's a circus. I can't even stop talking I about
1: mean, it's, <laughs> it's all good. Well, I want to get into the uh, preview for uh, what what we've got, like, pitching rotation-wise mm-hmm. in the series, which we'll start tonight. So uh, we'll get into that next here on our crossover episode of Locked on Cardinals and Locked on Padres. But first, let's talk about our friends over at LinkedIn, Javi, because mm-hmm. people need jobs. And people who have job openings need to be using LinkedIn so they can get the right people hired. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Now, LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team, and you can do it faster and for free with LinkedIn. So what you need to do, very simple stuff. You add your job, you add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and that helps spread the word that you're hiring as a business. They've got simple tools like screening questions. that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire to take it back to what the Cardinals did at the trade deadline. They needed a left-handed starting pitcher. So they went out and looked for left-handed starting pitchers. And that's kind of what LinkedIn can do for you. It'll narrow things down for you, make it easier. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to, not the ones that are going to waste your time. You don't want to have to deal with them. You want the right people for your job, and you want to do it fast, okay? You know, you don't want to drag your feet, so post your job for free, and you can do that at slash locked on MLB. That's slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Well Once done. again, we've got our crossover episode here. It's Javi Reyes from Locked on Padres, I'm JD Hafrim from Locked on Cardinals, and uh, we're having our first crossover episode together because i just took over for lucas full-time uh in august so right at the trade deadline i got thrown right into the fire when all of <laughs> this was going on between the that Cardinals. Nuts. oh my god yeah <laughs> i started at least like at
0: the before the season like could you imagine it's like hey oh, welcome no. and And, um, you might be trading your top overall prospect, Jordan Walker, as well as a couple other things for Juan Soto. Uh, have fun. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way,
1: we're going to throw in an all-star break where, uh, Albert Pujols is going to be treated like a God during the home run derby and then go for 700.
0: (laughs) Yes. It is so fun.
1: What is he at? 698 or 99? He's at, he's at 698 right now. So he's too short. And, uh, I was talking with Ethan from locked on pirates because he just creams the pirates over his career. And I told them I we made predictions uh, when we had our series with them. And I was like, all right, I'm going to say October 1st is when he, he pops 700. It'll be Yadier Molina bobblehead day at Bush mm-hmm. Stadium in mm-hmm. front of the home fans. So that that was my bet. He just thinks it'll happen against the Pirates because he torments them all the time, like just mm-hmm. constantly is sitting home runs off of them. Um <laughs> It comes to it, it, and like your it. pitching staff and whether or not he'll do it anything against the Padres because we know that he he does much better against left-handers. That's mm-hmm. his thing. Right-handers can chew him up pretty good, but uh, lefties he has a uh, a better chance of success against. And this week we've got our three game series, and it looks like you've got Clevenger set to go tonight against uh our guy, our old guy, Uncle Charlie, Mister uh, Adam Wainwright, and then you're gonna have a lefty Blake Snell. Who's gonna yep. pitch on Wednesday? And then you're righty musgrove on Thursday. So uh you mentioned earlier Clevenger hasn't been everything you guys have wanted. Obviously, coming back from injury after you guys made the mm-hmm. trade. He was hurt when you guys traded for him, if mm-hmm. I if I remember correctly. So uh what's that been like and uh what what what's his what's his problem been in, in your eyes?
0: Yeah. Uh well first of all, he wasn't hurt when they did trade for him, which is it, okay. it might as well have been because it was only a few starts and then the postseason okay. came because that was a 2020 season. But with Clevenger, I, I have I was making fun of the Padres earlier and how often they've missed trades. I think Clevenger's a little bit different, just in the sense that, look, anyone can get hurt. I think it's unfair. This is a guy that at the time they acquired him, it was only like Granke, uh, Verlander, Scherzer, DeGrom, those pitchers that had like better ERA numbers. In the past few seasons than him, like seriously, he was that effective. And you could say he was over pitching and that his FIP or blah, 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 whatever. I don't care. I think that his numbers were really legit that time. And while his delivery and his, his moving around and stuff is, is kind of maddening at sometimes uh, <laughs> he can be really effective. So the Padres, the trade definitely hasn't gone well for them, but at the same time, you didn't know he was going to get hurt. Um, yeah. But as you mentioned, coming off that second time, John surgery it's he's been really rough uh he's been one of the worst qualified pitchers over the last month or something like that he got the highest fit in baseball he is not striking out batters at all which is really really disturbing he is the type of pitcher that granted the Padres top three has been very good so it hasn't bitten them as much same thing goes for Sean Manaya, who's I think still rocking the mm-hmm. area above five right now those guys on a lot of other teams would be just killing them right now, but thanks to the Padres' top three, you mentioned Blake Snell. He's got, I, I believe, the best strikeout rate in baseball uh, in the second half, or at least one of the one of the best. I imagine Degrom is doing okay or whatever. Yeah, I saw today. He's it's like forty four percent strikeout rate, two percent walk.
1: It's like what's it's nuts, dude. <laughs> it doesn't it's make any nuts. Sense. It doesn't I can't imagine sense. how much money that dude is going to make after oh this uh, this season. Gosh. It's going to be bonkers. Ooh, Not be that he's fun. Now that he's going anywhere, and not that the Mets can't afford it, I'm just curious to see what that number is going to be because that's going to yeah. be uh, it's going to be up there. <laughs>
0: yes, it is, man. Yes, it is. But with Clevenger, he's definitely he's not the weakest link in the rotation. I think it's just you're hoping that a guy who comes back from an injury like this that okay, he doesn't start off great immediately. That's okay. That's to be expected. Maybe he's going to be a guy who can help us down the stretch, and that has not been the case. So it's possible that you know sometimes these injuries when you have multiple injuries like this you just lose something even with the advancements in the technology and all that so Clevenger's yeah. the type of guy the cardinals could certainly beat up against even if sir albert the machine <laughs> against not necessarily but uh yeah well man, he he, he might he might really he
1: yeah, he might. He might it's because Ali, our, our our manager, has said uh, repeatedly. Because for most of the year, he was only starting against left-handers. But as the push for 700 has gotten yeah. closer, he's mm-hmm. like, I can't not start him and give him every opportunity to hit 700, even though he struggles against right-handers. And he's uh, clearly, I think, pressure might be getting to him a little bit. I mean, it's got to be weird because I, I, we, I've talked with people about this these guys play in front of big crowds all the time, but Mm -hmm. not every time does it when you come up to the plate, does every single person in the stands get up out of their chair, but then they all do this to you too, with their phones and they're all looking at you Yeah, (laughs) and everything's recording. And I can't even imagine the pressure that he feels. And, uh, he, this past series with the reds, he had one hit. It was a home run and it was a bomb, but, the rest of the time he was over 13 so i don't know if it's getting to him a little bit but i can understand why he might struggle uh coming down the stretch here with all of that happening and again right handers he's had a tough time all of the time so that's not really uh anything new but mm-hmm. uh the rest of the team i i, I could see them feasting on clevenger the the way his numbers have been and on the other side of things adam Wainwright, uh in his only appearance against you guys this year uh played pretty well he had uh, he was in uh, may 31st Seven innings, 10 strikeouts, just two hits. Shutout. So that's what you guys are looking at <laughs> tonight. As uh he, and he and Yachty just had their record set where they were the uh mm. the most ever battery mates in the history of Major League Baseball as far as starts. So their little record uh pressure is out the window. So now it's uh, you know, game on for Adam Wainwright. Uh moving on to tomorrow's game, you did mention this guy, and that would be Blake Snell, who uh mm. had a tough go at it when he came back. It was weird. He was a weird guy after COVID. Like you remember, he kind of did that video and he's like, I don't want to be sick and do this and that. I'm, (laughs) this is my life we're messing with. And you know, he's in San Diego and it looks like he's finally kind of pieced things together and has gotten comfortable with you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's
0: had a really great second half. And last year he started figuring things out in the second half too. It seems that the more he leans toward a fastball slider, heavy approach, instead of trying to mix the curveball and change up in there, that it seems to portend of greater success. And the other thing with him is, I I will say, though, for this Cardinals matchup, very disciplined lineup, obviously. You've got some really good studs in this game. The key is going to be just how long does he last into the game, and if you can get into the Padres' bullpen. I think that Snell's strikeout stuff is 100% legit. I think that form of him is back. It's awesome. But it's possible, what if it's like four innings and a run? Right, and that's not awful. Don't get me wrong; it's fine, but it's like ah, you wish you could have more of that from your starting pitching, especially since the Padres bullpen has been very shaky and very weird. Even that's not even counting the Josh Hader implosions, who you know might be past his prime at this point. We'll see; he's looked a little bit better lately, but there's just a lot of unknown in that bullpen that is very scary. So I think that's the key for the Cardinals in that one, uh, for sure. As it won't be, don't be concerned about necessarily hitting Snell. Your thing is, can you get him to walk a few batters? his walk rate is down he's been much better at that lately he strikes mm-hmm. out a lot of guys but if you can get him to just he's really inefficient so if you're able to get into that that's how you beat blake Snell, and it's not wow. an impossible, impossible thing to do
1: uh miles michaelis will be going up against now Snell. by the way was who wainwright went up against in that in that game at the end of may and uh he, he pitched fine six innings two runs looked good uh but ended up uh you know not beating Wainwright on that day, but that happens when you have the other guy throwing shutouts. But Miles Michaelis, a guy, right-hander was an all-star this year, which a lot of people don't remember. He ended up making that team at the end of it all, and um, he's... This second half of the season, he's been uh, a little iffy trying to figure things out. Uh, I kind of warned people about that, that he hadn't thrown this many innings in a really long time. He's been hurt mm. a lot over the last couple of years, and uh, now he's sitting at a record of 11-12 uh, and 12 on the year, and it's been the long ball that's, uh gave him some trouble recently. Um, home runs in just about every game, multiple ones, uh, two for the Reds, one against the Pirates, three against the Reds, so uh, that might be something that with your sluggers that the Padres have in the lineup, uh, something they can feast on, because that's been his thing. He'll throw a lot of strikes, but sometimes he'll miss over the plate, and uh, you can hit a long way off Miles Michaelis if you get a hold of one. It's
0: true, but uh, the problem is that the sluggers in the
1: lineup, I agree. I could
0: see Manny Machado doing it. Obviously, he always, I mean, he's the best player of the damn team right now. And I, maybe if Soto wakes up you know, and starts coming around, <laughs> I could see it. But the rest of the Padres lineup, power is not... In the, the Slam Diego thing feels like so long ago. <laughs> like, it really does. It's it's really sad to see. I mean, currently they're 23rd in slugging percentage and 20th in home runs, just for a good perspective there. So if Michaelis was going to have a good start in the sense of you're saying he's prone to the long ball, it could happen. He might give up a two-run home run to Manny Machado and maybe you know Jake Cronenworth, will, who is just like the ultimate... Do, do you want to be good this year or no? You know, like make up your mind <laughs> because right when we think you're catching fire, you just go right back to to you just regress a whole bunch. But uh, so that's my thing. So Michaelis, yes, I understand the home run thing, but I'm telling you, man, this Padres lineup, whenever you see a home run hit, it feels like way too rare, uh, considering that this is a team that is probably, you know, one, one of the front runners for one of those wild card spots, 81 and 66. They've got all those stars. Not nearly as much power as you think, especially for people who don't follow the team. Yeah,
1: you would think with uh, you know you mentioned the Soto Machado, Josh Bell is a huge man. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you get... It's like the predator. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's and then when you hear and then when you hear him speak, he, he the nicest dude you've ever heard talk I know, in your right? life. I He's love so well spoken. It's just like wait, <laughs> I love why, it when that happens. why is that voice coming out of you? That it doesn't <laughs> seem like it would fit. You expect some deep like big man in no, it Expect that out out of that every way. athlete too. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like every
0: single time I see any athlete, I'm always expecting a very serious voice or whatever. Like I remember when I heard Tim Duncan's voice for the first yeah. time. That Wait, Tim me spoke? Out. Yeah. I, <laughs> it was like, I knew he wasn't going to have like a. like a i knew he wasn't very animated but even still i was like what (laughs) this can't be true uh you know when patrick mahomes his voice and everything
1: i was gonna bring up the first time i heard mahomes speak i said no way that's not his real voice there's (laughs) no way he didn't just suck helium right before he did this interview and i feel like it's gotten better i don't know if he worked on it and in something where he started smoking to make it deeper
0: like yeah maybe people started making fun (laughs) of him which is messed up they start as far as I'm concerned, the only thing to mock with him is maybe the ketchup, uh, the macaroni and cheese. But, but <laughs> yeah, that's weird. In fairness, it's weird, but I haven't tried it, so I don't want to be too mean. You know what I mean? Because that's not the craziest food combo we've ever heard. No, you know no, I've. Mean? We, like, we used to... you, you know that Twitter account that's like effed up pizzas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that account. That one makes the Mahomes thing look like you're just getting a side of fries. Like it's guys, it's not the worst and craziest thing I've ever heard. But
1: no, we grew up actually with ketchup on our mac and cheese in our household, yeah. and I'll tell you why. So this is where it came from: is my grandfather, who was both a survivor of World War One and Two, said because the food that they had back in the day was so crappy when they were at war that they put ketchup on everything to give it flavor. And yeah. that's how they got into the habit of putting ketchup on all kinds of things like macaroni and cheese. So that's where it started. How
0: about that? Look at yeah. this man. Locked on <laughs> crossover. You get everything. You get history lessons, mac and cheese. <laughs> it's everything, man. That's what we do. We, out get,
1: here. we got you covered here on the Lockdowns network. Uh, final game we've got on uh Thursday, it'll be Joe Musgrove taking the mound against Jack Flaherty, who, uh, coming back from injury struggles to throw strikes. um, it's about all I could say, but we're just glad he doesn't get hurt every time he comes out in pitches because mm-hmm. it's been a rough year for Jack. Uh, he usually has one bad inning. Like he'll look good for like three or four and then something goes off. Like he just kind of, I don't know if it's a concentration thing or his uh, mechanics get out of whack, but all of a sudden he'll give up like two walks, hit a guy and then there's three runs in all of a sudden. So uh, Musgrove on the other side though, Musgrove he's, he's been a steady guy for you guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh from the majority of the year until he got paid, unfortunately. He did have a really <laughs> great start, 8 innings, no runs, I think struck out 6 against the D-backs, which was nice, but for the most part he has also been pretty rough. He has oh, man, it's been it's it's been really watching him, I believe in the second half if I'm mistaken if I got my little stat here in front of me. Uh he has the the worst hard hit percentage in baseball, which isn't great. Not very good. Uh, (laughs) Now, that can't be misleading because in general, people who are throwing off speed stuff like he does, if you do manage to make contact, those pitches will go pretty far, especially like a curveball. Right. So that can be a little bit misleading uh, for someone like him. But even still, it shows you they're hitting him harder than usual. But I really think that overall, this is just a prolonged slight regression It happens for a little bit longer than we would have liked i think he was due for regression All right you know hopefully this Diamondbacks uh start is a sign that things are turning around and knowing the competitor he is knowing how much he loves san diego and taking that contract and everything i think he might even be pushing a little bit i think he might be pressing mm-hmm. i think he's trying to ball out and be like yeah that's right i earned this contract and everything it's like bro like we know um but Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe he's pressing a little bit too much, and that that could be a possibility. Um, so I'm not too concerned with him, but he's definitely in a little bit of a vulnerable spot. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me. And a Jack Flair type of guy who, first of all, I root for. I like him with off field stuff, and honestly, when he's on, he is very fun to watch. Yeah, you know, he uh, he's the type that it won't shock me if he's awesome in the postseason. Don't I can't explain why. But it's just that type of nonsense that that happens yeah. in baseball. Like, a star guy who, or at least what looked like a star guy, gets hurt a bunch, then he comes back, then he's looking weak. It would just be so Cardinals for him to come through, right? Like, Wainwright <laughs> will get destroyed game one, and then Jack Flaherty, like, oh, no. See, this is the worst nightmare of the Cardinals. I can, I can <laughs> see it now. They're like, this was the worst-case scenario, that they needed Jack Flaherty to come him down. And then he's going to be great. That's the... That's what uh, worries me, but uh, yeah, I think that the advantage for this one, just based on starting pitching, would be uh, the Padres, um, just because of I think Musgrove really is going to figure things out, and he's a smart pitcher. I think he knows what he's doing.
1: Now, if our two teams end up playing each other at some point here in mm-hmm. the postseason, which is still a very big possibility, who would be your starting three? pitchers that you you would hand the ball to because on the cardinal side things have changed a lot since the trade deadline where you guys have had pretty much the same starters the entire time um on our side of things obviously the old man wainwright would be one of the main guys mm-hmm. i'm not sure if Michaelis is is that guy it might mm-hmm. come down to who the matchup is when uh whether you know the padres are better hitting against lefties or righties where quintana has been steady Eddie the whole time. Hasn't given up more than two runs at any start. Uh, mm-hmm. Earned runs, I should say. Uh, since he came to the Cardinals. And of course, Montgomery just lost his first two games since coming to the Cardinals. But they, you know, obviously he wasn't getting to creamed or anything like that. They just happened mm-hmm. to lose those games. So if you guys are more vulnerable to the left-handers, it might be a Montgomery-Quintana thing to go with Wainwright.
0: It could be. It could be. I think that with the it also depends because i think for the padres side of things they're like number one starter i think there's a possibility it would vary depending on who they'd play in the wild card game right like i think they could say darvish probably their best pitcher not even probably he has been their best pitcher just in terms of consistency all year strikeout percentages up this year which has been awesome um or at least up in the second half i should say um and that's been great but he does have a tendency to give up in a lot of runs early and then be great for the rest of the game. So in a wild card, like take all it's possible. They might be like, you know what? Let's go with someone like Musgrove or maybe someone like Snell, right? That we feel they won't necessarily win the game for us and be incredible, but they won't have that potential blow up. And especially with a good Cardinals lineup, like I could see that or a good, any lineup, honestly, with the exception of the mm-hmm. Brewers. Um, <laughs> that's what I could see uh, kind of happening. And then Snell and then Musgrove for sure. I think those are the, the three. I don't know what the order would be. I think they could go Musgrove one. I could see it. I could see them saying, you know what? Screw it. Like, this is our guy. He's our San Diego dude. He threw the no-hitter. We believe in him. Save Darvish for for round two. I don't know. Yeah. But I think that those are clearly the three that they're going to be rocking. And I would put up those three against nearly anybody, uh, I think, in the NL. I think there's teams that are better. I think the Mets are better. I think the Braves unfortunately are better, even though I always yeah. forget who the heck their pitchers are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I always forget who it is aside from former Padre Max Fried. Um yeah. and then you probably put the Dodgers, but I it's it's close, man. It's close. They've got some gamers in and in that rotation of theirs. So uh man, that would be a fun series, but I am morbidly afraid of the Cardinals. <laughs> me, I would rather the Brewers 10 times out of 10, whatever. They'll score score two runs in three games. We're good. Like, yeah, you know,
1: I, you know I mean? I'm, I'm certainly not looking forward to uh, playing the Padres in the playoffs if it were to happen, because mm-hmm. I think I think you're a dangerous team that is just still trying to just get it all going at the same time together. It's just been a lot of uh, ups and downs. And if you guys yeah. get on a roll, I mean, look how, you know, the Soto's old team, the Nationals, did it when they won. You know, they got on mm-hmm. a roll. They figured some stuff out and yeah. then bang. And maybe Soto snaps out of it and becomes, you know, postseason one again and and goes bonkers. But um, got to get there first. Got to get we'll there first, that. so <laughs> I, I, I feel comfortable on our side of things that the NL Central is going to be a wrap here soon with the uh, the magic number uh, shrinking down each and every day, but uh, Padres are still fighting for it, so it should be an entertaining series, to say the least, and it all gets started tonight in San Diego. It'll be Adam Wainwright uh, taking on Mike Clevenger, so we're looking forward to it, and hopefully, if you guys do make it, Javi, if you make mm. it, and we do get to see each other in the postseason. We can do ourselves a, a, another crossover here. I've I've really enjoyed it today.
0: Yeah, of course, man. Of course, you got to do it. You got to keep the content mill going. You got to get the crossover <laughs> energy going,
1: especially for the playoffs.
0: I, I mean, that's just, it's so exciting that we're finally here, uh, even yep. with all the other news going around. And I mean, all sorts of stuff and everywhere going on. It's great that we're almost in
1: October, man. The best month of the year, dare I say? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Looking good, man. All right, well, we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Cardinals and Locked On Padres your first listen. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts all right hobby i appreciate your time here today buddy and uh we'll talk real real soon let's uh let's enjoy the series of course man